Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's a so-called culture war unfolding rapidly in the UK, and it's been bubbling away for a while. I say so-called because it's not really a war, it's just a bunch of angry prick shit-stirring culture to try and bolster their political agendas. The Globe Theatre in London has recently announced their production of Joan of Arc will explore gender, which has caused some concern on Twitter that the patron saint of France, martyrs and people ridiculed for their piety won't come with the pronoun she, her, hers. Apparently, some of those angered are simply seeking historical accuracy. I mean, if you're worried about shit being historically accurate, then I guess you're also going to be campaigning for the Tudors, Blackadder, Braveheart, Gladiator, Pocahontas, Peaky Blinders, Beauty and the Beast, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Complete Works of Shakespeare and the fucking Bible to also be rewritten. Or is it just the stuff you disagree with you want silenced? After the tone, Welcome to Weirdsville Weirdos. My name is Scotty and on behalf of the ATT crew, thank you so much for turning up. If you're yet to be inducted into our cult, what you're about to hear are the inner thoughts of complete strangers and the over-familiar. Uh, we've given them, you, the general public, my number. They've left messages. The producers have whittled them down. And what you're about to hear, I've never heard before. Okay, you're about to hear my initial response to their inner thoughts. So it could go either way. On today's show, Working Class Joy, Chosen and Given Names and Mayonnaise on Everything. Oh God, I know how that could turn out with you lot. But (laughs) first, just back from the Edinburgh Fringe again. I know, I know, twice in two weeks. I tell you what, I went up there, it's all critics, reviews and stars galore. Something you lot could take fucking inspiration from actually, okay? Because it's been weeks weeks since I had a fucking review. So if your platform that you listen to us on allows it, pull your fucking finger out. All four of them, you slag. (laughs) Just like Anticipatory in Australia did. Five stars! I found this podcast about a month ago and I've been binging ever since. I feel like Scotty is a friend now. (laughs) I'm not your friend, okay? 
I am not... Uh, listen, I know what goes on in your brains. I am none of your friends, okay? Boundaries. Boundaries. And if you like Adele, you're in luck. Oh, for fuck's sake. Adele, yeah, I guess all fucking fat people just sound the same to you, don't they? Yes, Debbie, I know she's no longer fat, but she does sound like a fat person, okay? Now, I get this quite a lot. People say, oh, you're a bit like Adele, you're a bit like Adele, you're a bit like Adele. Oh, have you know, right, that Adele comes from North London. And me, I, I am from North West London. They are very different places, okay? We have a very different accent and a completely different culture. Hi, Scotty, producer Deb, Tim Katmeyer, everyone at the pub. Just a very quick one. I just wanted to say, this is how I know I love you, Scotty, because I hate hearing people eat. Like, wet eating, crunchy, crispy eating, people smacking their lips, people talking whilst they're eating, even though I actually do that. This is how I know I love you. I listened to you eat, and I was like, it's totes fine. God, like, you must be some kind of, I don't know, magician, wizard, witch, something. Did I say that it's all the bees in Brighton, beautiful black bee in Brighton in the bath? That's me. Bye. Beautiful black bee in the bath in Brighton. Lovely to have you back. Of course I knew it was you. Of course I knew it was you because I am a witch. There you go. You are right. I am an actual full-blown. I've got my licence, don't you worry. Now, yes, I do feel like I was doing a bit of therapeutic auralness for people there around mastication. Do you know what? I could get a contract with that fucking stupid app that says mental people should listen to rain and it'll make them feel less crazy. Will it fuck? Does it fuck? Oh, now it's time to drink some water. Go fuck yourself. I don't want an app trying to fucking dictate my mental health. Is that supposed to make me feel better? Anyway, I'm glad my mastication services were of use. Hello, everyone. Um, first time caller, very long term listener. Um, my name's Haley. Just wanted to say hi. A few points. People who put ketchup in the fridge are akin to people who put chocolate in the fridge. Fuck off. Nobody, nobody thinks you're funny. Okay? Secondly, I have mayonnaise with absolutely everything so bacon and mayonnaise sandwich cob because i'm from nottingham uh yeah absolutely all for it and third point there was a time before i got with my partner (laughs) 12 years ago when we had a sunday dinner we never had roast potatoes it was always mashed potato so yeah i'm sure you're absolutely seething now so um i'll say bye see you later love you all First off, first time caller, very fast. Let's not. Oh, God, it doesn't work, does it? FTC VLTC. Hi, Hayley in Nottingham. Someone has to live there. Now, I was with you until you started talking about other things. (laughs) Yes, I agree. They are just trying to be edgy, aren't they? They are just putting chocolate in the fridge to be like... Guys, I'm quite cookie. Guess where I put my chocolate? I don't know. Up your fucking bum. That'd be more interesting, to be fair. Um, I was then very triggered by this idea of not having a roast. I mean, it's is it even a roast if it if it comes with mash? Because roast potatoes, 
with roast meat and roast vegetables. It's not a Sunday mash, is it? So, Hayley, I think you need to go away and workshop these ideas and come back to me because you're sort of half right, okay? And I'm not letting you in the pub until you're fully right. (laughs) I mean, it's sort of turning into a dictatorship here. Hayley, lovely to have you. Welcome to the gang. Hi, After the Tone crew. Hi, Scotty and the gang and pub. This is Otto. And I'm just responding to the request for thoughts around names. Um, So Otto is a chosen name, and it's a name that I've kind of come to fairly recently. Um, I'm still actually kind of in a stage or a process, or maybe this is just where I'm going to land, I don't know. But I'm currently using both and. So my name, my chosen name, Otto, and then also my given name, Anna. And I actually quite like my given name. But also, you know, for various reasons, it doesn't, it's sort of not necessarily gelling with kind of my my current gender identity as that. Um, But, you know, I still have quite a lot of attachment to it. Um, And one of the things I really liked about it and continue to like and enjoy is that it's a palindrome, which is a big word and means that um, basically it's a name that can be spelt the same forwards and backwards. So Anna, if you turn around, is Anna. Um, and Otto is the same because I spell it O-T-T-O and so I liked that little play and I just kind of am enjoying at the moment just being a bit messy and using them in different contexts and some friends who are just kind of using them interchangeably with me and just seeing how it feels really yeah so that's kind of where I'm at and I'm 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 in I'm having quite a lot of fun with that process slightly daunted by the prospect of like going more into like something more formal and like all of the various admin that that might involve and just kind of trying to sit with just the messiness of of where I'm at right now where I've got like an email address and you know then like signing emails off in like a name that is different to that which is on the email and just enjoying the the queerness of that really. Lovely Otto, lovely to have you back in the room. Now I'm going to very purposely call you Otto because you always introduce yourself uh, into the pub as Otto. So until told otherwise i think we'll go with that if that's okay um this got me thinking bear with me you know what i'm like i go on a tangent it got me thinking about you know when you used to go on holiday as a child actually i forget there are people younger than me listening to this who are like what are holidays when wasn't there a pandemic (laughs) bless them now i grew up in a time where there wasn't the internet a trigger warning, I should have let you know. Now, before this time, you used to go on holiday and you would be able to find bits of, one for a better word, shit, tat, memorabilia, stuff, key rings, plaques with your name and it would have like an, an explanation of them, of where the name's from. And I, d- I wonder, Otto, if you know where your name's from. So I thought, well, there we go, look, I could have a look, can I? Otto, name. I could be your holiday memorabilia um just a german name and a surname and it uh originates as an old high german short form variants of aldo odo and udo of germanic names beginning with ald meaning wealth and prosperity <gasps> the name was recorded from the 7th century there you go oh it's also saying here it might be a viking name oh let's have a look at that as a, as a surname, is recorded as being a Scandinavian, very early Scandinavian Viking name. And it's been recorded as early as 1066. That's 
when that thing happened in England where they like, did they sew the big bit of wallpaper then? No, that's the Norman Conquest. Oh, hang on. 1066. 1666. Oh, getting all the 60s in the wrong way around. 1066 is the other one. And hang on. Oh, I don't know. I can't be bothered to look that up either. So if you're a historian, call up and you can put it right. Now, <clears throat> we should get you one of those, like, we'll get you a key ring. I mean, they'll be complaining because other people have been asking for badges, but fuck them. Now, I was thinking about what the benefit of a palindrome was. Because... <laughs> Is it only useful if you're an ambulance? You know, because they put ambulance backwards on the front of ambulances, didn't they? So that people who are driving can see there's an ambulance behind them. I mean, big clue there is the fucking big giant thing that's going, behind you. You know, I don't think anyone's thinking, let me just have a look in the mirror just to make sure that in my mirror, that is an ambulance. So I was just wondering, is it just because it looks the same in a mirror? Is Is that the reason why a palindrome is exciting? Something I did wanted to, to kind of just like place in the room, because quite often I think when we have these conversations, some people think our opinions are law, you know, and that is the way that we move forward, particularly people who have never had to choose a name or an identity or have an identity that was given to them, that some people don't like their name from a previous identity being used. And I think that's just important to put that out there. And that's called dead naming. So some people will never reveal their old name, a name that they were given to you, because that is too symbolic of a different person. So I think it's like glorious that you're living and it sounds like you're comfortably living in this sort of queerness of this interchangeable identity that you are in control of and in charge of in some senses. But yes, some of that admin and some of that legal work does feel so insurmountable that I wonder if there are other people who are listening who are like, actually, I've tried to do this and it's fucking pain in the ass. Um... Lovely. Otto, thank you so much. Hello, Tim, Cat, Maya, Debbie and Scotty. Nishia, thanks for the shout out. That made me feel quite special. Yeah, football. I mean, I, I get it now, finally. And I just, I love women's football. I just love the vibe. I just, uh, I feel like it's a queer haven. I've, I love watching a bunch of you know, women standing drunk on tables, singing really loudly. Like, that is definitely my vibe. But enough about football. I wanted to talk about Sarah Babylon. Hello, Sarah. Like, I chose my name Nish not even long ago, like maybe about six months ago. And it's just given me such an energy and such a freedom. I I chose it for myself just randomly. And it just makes me feel like it just feels right. I, I like how... It's just, you can just do that. You can just choose your own bloody name. And and I have, and it's a bit more gender neutral, which suits me. And I just go around telling everyone that. And uh, <laughs> it's quite funny, really. You know, it's a bit of a cool name. Although I do, when people can't quite get it, I do describe it as like fish with a nuh, which I feel like isn't the sexiest way to, to introduce yourself. But hey-ho, I hope, I hope Sarah Babylon you can either maybe figure a little way around it or not. Or maybe it's really cool to have three Sarah Babylons. Maybe you can form a coven and do some crazy shit. Anyway, big love to everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye. 
<laughs> Start a coven. I love this, Gav. First up, Nish. Well, Nish here, actually. Nish here. Lovely to have you. Thank you so much. Now, I want to touch on the football because I love that you got it and I love that it's given you something. I don't get it. I mean, it was great seeing England's women football do the thing that they did, you know, great, good on them. You know, being Irish, I'm like, I mean, I couldn't fucking care less, to be fair. <laughs> I, I don't see football as a queer haven. Now, hear me out here. I grew up in a in an Arsenal household. And so, like, would be around pubs, would watch football matches at Highbury when it was Highbury. So that shows you how old I am. Would sort of watch my family watch it in a very aggressive way my family watch football by shouting at the television and I didn't I've never felt like do you know what I feel safe here <laughs> it's never been a moment where I thought do you know what I am what I am <laughs> this is this is my Liza Minnelli moment I've never had that with with football to be fair so but I'm glad you're finding it and I wonder what it is about what's happening within football. And I don't think it's mainstream football. I think it is women's football that is um, sort of creating this energy. Um, Because, of course, there are, I believe, like seven queer people, identifying people on that team, in that squad, um, which is very different to men's football in the UK. Now, the freedom of choosing your name. Yes, totally. I mean, I sort of forget that I have a sort of chosen name and a chosen identity, which, I, which you know, is is what I'm sort of widely known as. But other people who are very close to me uh, call me something else. And I find that very sweet and very endearing because it allows me to feel like they know a sort of more intimate version of myself, if you know what I mean. However, it got me thinking about, I wonder if there are cultures in which you can, like, genuinely choose your name. I guess because, like, you know, when you're a baby, you're, like, non-verbal, so you can't be like, my name's John. (laughs) But I wonder if there are cultures in which you can sort of, like, rename yourself. I guess the closest thing I have is, like, Catholicism. Oh, here we go again, she's talking about Catholicism. Um, Because you get to choose your name for your confirmation. (laughs) And I deliberated over this for a very long time. I was like, but it has to be, like, you you can't call yourself, like, RuPaul. Like, you have to choose the name of a saint. I know some people will think she's a saint. I mean, more Judas in my world. (laughs) Um, So I chose St. Francis of Assisi because uh, patron saint of just everything. But I just quite like the name Francis. Francis. Like dash, um, so I wonder if other people have chosen names in that. I'd like I didn't have any affinity to, to St Francis of Assisi in the slightest. Just quite like the name Francis. Um, anybody else? Thank you so much. This is the conversation that I was hoping to have. Have you, dear listener, chosen a name? Have you been given a nickname that sort of stuck that you don't particularly like? Or have you legally chose your name for other reasons, which maybe are to do with gender, or they they might not be? They might just be to do with wanting a new identity and a new change in life. I'd love to talk about this more. Hello, Scotty, uh, Tim, Kat, Maya, Producer Debs, and all the ATT crew. I wanted to call in because you asked about people's names. So 
last time I called in, I don't think I gave myself a name, but I'm going to tell you who I am now. So my name's Sorsha and uh, that's spelled S-O-R-S-H-A. So those of you with Irish heritage will probably realise that that's probably not the more traditional spelling of like Sorica, S-O-R-C-H-A or Saoirse. I really like my name though. I feel like it kind of weirdly represents me as a half Irish person. My dad's Irish. My parents decided to give me a kind of Irish name, but to try and make it easier for English people by spelling it how they wanted it pronounced. But to be honest, it's backfired. The amount of people who seem to know about Irish spellings and try and spell my name with a C, and I just have to spell my name out all the time. But the only other Sorsha that I know of in like pop culture, I think there are other Sorshas, is from the film Willow. There's a princess Sorsha in that film and spelt, spelt the same way that my name is spelt. I also, I know you don't want this to become the gravy season, but I really need to chip in on the gravy chat because it reminded me of a life experience that my friend told me about. Her mum, as a regular meal, used to cook for the family pasta with gravy as a sauce and peas. And what a wild meal. I think even a gravy lover may not approve of that. Cool. See you all soon. Bye. Sorsha, lovely to have you back. Oh my God, if you could have seen me, I was like, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. There is like such anglicising that's happened, particularly with diaspora Irish in the UK from a sort of certain period of time. I think it has changed and flipped the other way where people who are growing up, as I like to affectionately call plastic paddy over this way, uh, are regaining the, the old country language. But yeah, it was definitely a thing that my, all of my family were called names which were able to be English, essentially. And then people sort of had nicknames as well, which I find really strange because say for instance, like my grandfather is called William, and he thought it would be too Irish, <laughs> so made everyone call him Liam, <laughs> and did the same for my mother, my mother, who's got an Egyptian name, Sarah, made everyone called her Sally, and it creates such a weird fucking identity, so my mum decided to call me something which... Uh, most people from like the west coast of Ireland in Donegal, where my family are from, <laughs> can't say Scash. <laughs> it used to fucking wind me up. Nothing like I used to be so wound up as a child that like nobody in my family could say my name because they'd say end up saying Scotch essentially. Um, but also a name that Spanish people say in a really beautiful way, Escot which I really enjoy. Um, my mum very purposely didn't want me to have an Irish name, which I find so interesting because I wonder what that's about and what layers of shame are there. Of course, the time that I grew up being Irish in the UK, which people, when I tell them about this, are always like, really? Like, they think I'm lying. But like being Irish in the UK then wasn't great. To be Irish in the UK then was to be classified as two things stupid and drunk or a terrorist and so there was a lot of suspicion around the Irish 
in the UK at that time. And so I wonder if the assimilation, the anglicising of names were, as my grandmother used to always say, to get on. You know, to get on is to essentially to assimilate, to to fit in, to do better than they did. This fucking gravy thing with pasta sauce, I thought you were all lying. I feel like it's... Are you all taking the piss out of me? Because last week it was gravy with pasta sauce. This week it's gravy with pasta sauce with peas. Is someone going to call up next week and be like, oh, it's gravy pasta sauce with peas and eggs? <laughs> Sosha, lovely to have you in. Hello, Scotty and Tim Kattemeyer, producer Deb, everyone at the pub. I'm... Uh, just halfway through listening to um, the last podcast and had to phone in about just a mum. That's what she wants to call herself. That's okay, but I'm sure you are much more than just a mum. And I just wanted to say to you, just show some solidarity with you, really, because I do understand exactly where you're coming from and I can hear, like, the pain in your voice. It's, it's difficult to listen to people when you know how upset they are and not be able to there, be there to actually comfort them. But I agree with Scotty that your emotionally unavailable partner, whichever form they're taking, is um, responsible for his own actions the same way as you are. So, you know, I have been in this situation and I had to tell my partner at the time that they needed to step up and whether they couldn't be emotionally available they had to try for me and for my child because that's what we needed it's not okay to just be like oh I can't do this sorry when you are in a relationship or you have children you have to change yourself and you have to better yourself um which it sounds like is what you're trying to do not making the same mistakes as as your mum did but he doesn't have to do the same thing. Well, he does. I know that's a difficult conversation to have, but I did, and it was successful. So I would encourage you to do the same thing um, about your mum as well. I have a fractious relationship with my mum. I'm wondering if her coming out as bisexual, I came out bisexual late myself. I'm wondering if she was having a bit of a... This is my time now. You know, some mums go through this weird thing where they have to do like, this is my, there's nothing wrong with it being your time, you know, once your kid has grown up a bit and can look after themselves, but it's how you approach it. You know, you can approach it in a positive way and and uh, and be yourself and take part in your interests, whether that be people or drawing or whatever it is. Um, but I sometimes feel it can, with some mums, it can be a bit like, this is my time and it can be a little bit, Sort of like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, it comes across a bit nasty, you know. It comes across a bit sort of like you've held me back. That's how it can feel as a child. And and uh, maybe that's what she was going through with you and sharing with you. And that's not fair. Horrible. You know, I would also encourage you to have a very honest conversation with her. But I know you have to build yourself up to these things. It's not easy. So all my ramblings there, I hope they were of some use. But basically, I'm just saying, I wish I knew you. I wish you lived around the corner. I wish I could come and give you a big hug. All right. Take care. Gorgeous. Lovely stuff. That call has really stayed with us, hasn't it? Because I think 
there's something about this gaff where we can't see each other, we don't know each other, but you can really hear what people are thinking and feeling very importantly. And there are difficult conversations to be had within relationships. And I think always within them, there is the fear of what will that conversation lead to. I think something that I sort of came to quite recently with sort of those big chats that we have in relationships is that when you're asking for something, I think the other person can often assume that what you're asking them to do has to be the best version of what you're asking for. It has to be the most complete version. It needs to be there next week. It needs to be signed, sealed and delivered. Uh, This idea of perfection. But actually, what I think we're looking for in relationships, and those can be sexual, non-sexual, friendships, interpersonal relationships with colleagues, and also the really difficult relationships with parents, you know, I'll get onto that. We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for the attempt We're looking to see that the other person wants to try and meet you, not halfway, but whatever is within their range, you know? Because I think when you see people try within their range, I think you're then able to find some empathy. You're able to find some common ground, right? The relationship with parents, I think, is so tricky and something perhaps we don't talk as much about because we're often consumed by talking about the relationships that we have, which are romantic, aromantic, sexual, non-sexual, you know, that sort of close bond that we have with a person who we've chosen to be connected to in somehow or in some way. But that relationship with these complete strangers... (laughs) who you are forced to live with for a long time and to identify with, who you share an identity. They have given you your identity. You know, they feel they have some ownership of you. You feel a lot of anger towards them. It's a real complex one, isn't it? And I wonder, I wonder how people navigate that stuff. Don't go anywhere, because still to come, caravans, card games, and Nana's Brandy. I get an invite to Belgium. Do I? Oh, looking forward to that. And the Nouveau Pour. Um, Last week on Patreon, Toby and I had a gorge chat, actually. A really gorge chat about names and their legacies and the varied reasons why to change them. Uh, this week, I'm talking to Alyssa in Australia. Australasia. An FTC reporting on getting drunk at a local baby drag show. <laughs> So get yourself over to the backstage party where you two can get more calls, blogs from the team, show notes from me, and the occasional bit of outrage about potato products. Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Now, remember, without your calls, there is no show. That's a threat. Uh, you can be as experimental as you like. We particularly love, you know, those sort of short, sharp ones because it means we can fit a lot more of you in. Lucky me. <laughs> Open up the WhatsApp. Send us a voice note to this number. Zero Hi, Scotty. Hi, Debs. Hi, Tim, Cat, Maya, and the rest of the ATT crew. It's not it. Yeah, I know I sound older than I am because I'm fucking world weary. What's new, eh? I forgot what I was going to say. Of course, I have. Um, that was it. Softness. You were talking about working class softness and joy. One of my favourite memories was going to South Wales, see my dad's family, and my Nana uh, comes from 
uh, traveling uh, family. And so the fact that she got a house and moved away from her community when she was like a teenager and stuff, then that she really put a lot of effort in with her kids and her grandchildren and things. So I have really, really fond memories of uh, going to bingo with her, um, going to the arcades. My auntie, she was amazing. She didn't have children. She was a lesbian. But that was, it was never addressed. It was just one of those like, yeah, she has a wife. You know, they're never married. But they basically are, you know, it was just one of those things. It was very normalised. Anyway, that's completely off the point. But anyway, um, just going, yeah, to the arcades and going to bingo and caravan holidays and being taught how to gamble, (laughs) playing cards, um, because my nana was really, really good at cards. Um, I unfortunately did not pick up her canny streak. My sister got that. My sister's very, very good at cards. Um, and she'd absolutely rinse me. Um, but we just pay for like pennies, you know. And yeah, typical working class. And you just, it's just what you did. Do you know what I mean? Like you saved up the vouchers. I think it was the new Sun newspapers. I, I know my nana spent a lot of time in Benidorm, courtesy of the Sun. Uh, so <laughs> those are my really fond memories. And and another one, obviously as well, with my nana just to round it all off, because she used to wear all these big like gold rings she had a lot of like gold jewelry and stuff and she was quite yeah she was tough Joan she was a tough tough woman and but she had a heart of gold and she'll she'd sort of the way she'd kind of grab and hug you that you felt so safe and you felt so secure with her but also at the same time she'd always just like hold you by your shoulders and look you in the eye like dead straight in the eye and be like show them what you're made of kid just show them what you're made of like play play the hand you're dealt that was the one thing she always used to say play the hand you're dealt and I know that's like a gambling card thing but I think it is a good metaphor for life um in a way so yeah that's some softness from my um hard as fucking nails nana she always had a little bottle of brandy in a handbag as well because she you know fuck that she ain't paying so she'd just get like a cup of tea and then just put a little little uh notch little notch of brandy in there just to you know warm it up a bit anyway Love you lot. Speak to you soon. Bye. Debbie Nats here. Tick Nat off on the register. Thank you very much. Oh, I, d- I loved these sort of holidays. As a kid, um, what would happen is we'd go on a driving holiday. So my dad would hire a like a car from the local car dealership for a week. Well, we thought we had fucking made it. We were like, yeah, got a car. <laughs> I remember being my dad being so nervous the night before we were on holiday because obviously he collected it the night before and on our estate that it might not be there the next morning. And we'd just go driving. I mean, there was absolutely no plan to it. It'd just be like, right, dad's going to take us to Wales where he was stationed or whatever. And we'd just go to these like weird B&Bs and just drive for hours. And I'd be in the back with post-it notes that my mum had stole from her secretary job, just drawing shit and like sticking it on. 
the winter. That sort of sense of escapism where you're able to escape real life. Ah, what a privilege. And that is where I too, Nat, developed my, um, let's say, healthy addiction to 2P machines. I love it so much. I also really love Speed Bingo that you can get in the arcades now. So much so that I've got the NHS one hooked any time we go away. Because, you know, he's a bit fancy. He's much fancier than I am. Every time we go away. So I was like, this is an arcade and this is Speed Bingo. And he's like, I'm going to play. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. So competitive. Absolutely so competitive. Um, God, these moments of joy, these places. Like, I mean, if if I think back at it, do you know what I mean? My parents didn't have fuck all to rub together, but they were trying to make something. They were trying to create and curate joy. And I'm so grateful for those pictures of me in the back singing In Excess and UB40. <laughs> Ah, let's keep this working class joy tip going. Hello, after the tune. Gang, Scotty, producer, Deb, Maya, Kat, Tim, the lot of you. I'm India and I'm just calling up because I was listening to the latest episode and I had to pause it halfway through because you talk, we're talking about working class joy And I had something that I just want to share with you. My dad retired last week. And that was a moment of pure working class joy. He um, has worked the same job his whole life since he was 16. um, And he's worked so hard. Uh, He is in um, mechanics and engineering. And he, bless him, absolutely at times hated his job and kind of got stuck in this loop uh, of working in the same same thing because it was financially stable and he was one of six growing up and his parents worked so hard to make sure that all six of them had a roof over their head and that mentality you know definitely was passed down along with some of that uh, generational trauma of putting money over happiness which I think often is the case Um, but this one time uh, last Friday he put happiness over money and was like you know what fuck it I'm not doing this anymore it doesn't make me happy and he's been wanting to do that for 20 30 years and it was a gorgeous moment because I was at home and as he came down the street I blasted out that song that's like celebrate good times come on you know and he like came down and it was so emotional he was crying I was crying and I just moved back home because of that older living crisis so it was a beautiful moment to see like you know he was not there for a lot of my childhood because he was working and trying to keep keep this family alive and the moment that he can hang his boots up, his steel cap boots, and know that he can relax is a beautiful moment of joy. Uh, weirdly, the sense of emotion has just come out of nowhere. And I think it comes into your first time call a badge, four of them coming your way. Um, and I think it comes from this line that you just said, which he was trying to keep this family alive. And I think that's what 
frustrates me so greatly about what has been called the cost of living crisis, but really it's, it's political governmental choice here, is that this isn't about people not having a plasma TV screen. It's about people not being able to survive. And there's something so fundamental in that that is so important. I was thinking all the way through this about why this really makes me so angry about some members of the public who are so anti-unionism, who are anti-workers' rights, who are like, oh God, I can't get to this place on time because this train is striking. It's because of workers like these who have been grafting all of their lives. They've seen a pay decrease a pay decrease when they were just trying to survive. They're just asking for enough. They're not asking for more. So there was that. But God, how beautiful. I feel like the pub needs to send a card to your dad. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? 20 years graft. I mean, that's the thing. My parents have always said to me, we work this hard because we want your existence to be softer we want you and your brother to get on and god it's hard isn't it even in these moments when we're trying to talk about joy the underlying current is survival no hello everybody hi everyone all the after the tone crew everybody in the pub and chief uh barmaid or landlady Scotty. Hi, loves. It's Miss Annabelle Sings here, reporting in from the lava-filled volcano at the centre of the sun, a.k.a. London. thought I'd phone in with a little bit of working-class joy. Now, I consider myself a working-class human being, working-class background, working-class. And yes, I can be a working-class person if I'm self-employed, which is what I am. Now, my name does what it says on the tin. I sing for a living. And one of my jobs is I go around care homes, day centres, and I sing for the oldies. Now, I go to many different kinds of places, but I've got two very opposites, and I thought of them when we were talking about working-class joy. So here's just it's there in front of me. So when I go to the very, very posh one in a place in Edinburgh where I live, um, and it's just next to She Who Shall Not Be Named, house now they're very nice and they're very posh and uh very very rich and then i bowl in with my songs and my personality and they you know they keep booking me but will they fucking pay me no why is it always the posho rich ones that take three months to pay can someone tell me don't know and goodness me dare they show any joy any more than a crack of a smile or a, or a little boogie oh, no 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 all very refined now on the other end the working class joy end i go to a gorgeous day center up in newton grange which is mining country little place in midlothian just outside edinburgh now when i go there i get offered a drink tea coffee little vodka <laughs> whatever i want i always get given a biscuit i don't even get i don't get asked i just get given a biscuit or a cake I get hugs, I get told how much I'm loved and where am I going and is everything all right, I've got enough food, all that stuff, you know, all the all the stuff that we do that fills me with so much joy. And I tell you what, they pay me on time. They fucking pay me on the day, right? What is it? I think we just know how to host. It just fills me with so much joy and just absolute wonderfulness. Look, I'm going to stop talking because it's so fucking hot, I can't even think. I'm standing here in just my bra. Anyway... Hope you're all well. Stay safe. Stay hydrated. And fucking pay people on time. (laughs) Oh, I love this. (laughs) 
We're very good at having a moan, aren't we? I love that. Absolutely love that. Miss Annabelle Sings, welcome back. Yes, I would like to be the landlady, actually. I think I'd make quite a good landlady. I would. You get out my fucking pub. Less Adele, more, um, what's her name? Barbara Windsor. Oh, I wish. Oh, RIP. Now, when you said you can be self-employed and working class, of course you can. The reason why governments brought in a self-employed status was a tax on the working classes. It was to be able to tax very coherently the um, people like my dad, people like my dad's friends who were working, you know, as sole traders, who were like, had a skill and a craft that other people wanted to employ. You needed a bit of this done in your gaff. You needed a new bifrom, you need a bit of tiling. Self-employed status is a tax on the working class, believe me. Because I tell you what, those posh knobheads, they've got teams of people. They're in... They're, uh, uh, anyway, don't get me started because I will get angry and we're trying to keep this nice and light. My mum always says... <laughs> the reason why posh people have money is because they're tired. <laughs> I love that as a mode of survival, of just like being able to feel like the only reason why they've got more than you is because they have a terrible life. <laughs> because they don't share and that's something which I love about working class culture where which I've been you know sent to some very challenging communities I grew up in a very challenging community I've seen a lot of the shit that life can throw at people and I tell you what like you Miss Annabelle Sings uh, it's always a joy it's always an absolute pleasure to talk to somebody who talks like you but in a different accent you know you just know you know when you've met someone who's a bit like you just because they're just nice. You get a brew. Oh my God. I love a biscuit. I love that shit biscuit selection that comes in like a red plastic like tub and you just get the sort of like sugar coated shit biscuits. Some of them have got jam in them. Some of them are broken. Some, I think some of them are called Dutch biscuits. They've never seen the shores. I love that sense of like working class. It's very, um, it's a, it's a sort of very specific genre of working class hospitality. And I would love to broaden this genre and know about what the sort of working class joy or hospitality or ways of making people feel comfortable around your gaff or in your culture or in your family. Hi, Scotty. It's Ira from Belgium again. Um, I have to disappoint you. I'm not a new caller. Uh, I'm actually the same Belgian person that has called before twice about quitting your therapist and having no labels. Uh, but the last time you answered to one of my calls with, was with your mum, and she kept calling me Belgian person, which I thought was very, very cute. But I thought maybe I tell you my name <laughs> instead <laughs> to not be the Belgian person. You asked to know where I lived. I live in Ghent, so Ghent, um, which is in the, the Dutch-speaking part of Belgium. It's a very beautiful city. It looks a bit like Bruges, so there's a lot of beautiful medieval parts in the center. But it's a bit more modern and hip. Well, that sounds horrible, but in a positive way. So if you... I don't know exactly what your plans are with the tourism, if you want to travel around or not. Because if you, if you would, you would, you are very welcome here, and I would love to show you Ghent if you're open to that. Just, uh, I'll slide into your DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! 
a real life invite to a real place. I've been waiting ages. Do you know what? I'll tell you what, Ira. These people, they call up week in, week out. Not one of them has asked me round for a cup of tea. No, they've forgotten. A lot of them have forgotten their roots, actually. <laughs> ah, look at that. Now, I'm sorry to... Well, first off, I've got to take your badge away from you because I um, said that you were a first-time caller and you wasn't. So I've got to take that away from you. And um, I love the fact that my mum called you the Belgian person. That's sort of... I sort of want to call you Ira the Belgian person now, but we'll see if that sticks. I have actually been to Ghent and I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a bit like Amsterdam as well because there's some lovely canals running through I think I hope I got the right place anyway I was there for um, a theatre festival oh yes I am quite cultured now there was um, a theatre there which I think is called Verut and like above the proscenium arch Verut above the proscenium arch of the theatre it says something which I was told like translates to something like revolt it's like a socialist theatre and I was just like what if there was any reason for me to move to Ghent, uh, this this is one of them. But the take home, actually, and it's something that is very much <laughs> stuck to me, is I, I really love breakfast in different cultures because I think it really tells you about the place. And I found this place and it does everything that they serve for breakfast comes with peanut butter like everything and I had like muesli with peanut butter well I tell you what that's changed my life era the Belgian person because I can't stop having peanut butter with muesli now so those are the gifts that Ghent keeps on giving if other people have been to other places and you want to start sharing them remember we've got the holiday special coming up hello Scotty and all the crew um I'm a first time caller Recent binge listener discovered the wonderful pub thanks to Louise McSharry recommending it. Finally compelled to call because I just, I feel like you'd be, give me good guidance or an opinion on something I'm finding difficult <laughs> in my life. Then hiccups along the road mean I'm still working very, very hard for very shit money. Anyway, as you know, cost of living crisis, all that. Recently, more people in my life are discussing how poor they are when they are not poor, <laughs> when they really aren't. <laughs> when I say I'm poor, it means I've got 50 cents in my bank account until my next paycheck. It doesn't mean I can't fill the tank of my BMW SUV. You get me. You get the, you know. <laughs> I just, I find it very upsetting and kind of offensive when they say such things like, oh, you know, can't afford to take my second holiday this year and such the like. Do I bother saying anything? I'm very non-confrontational. I hate it. But I, I just I just don't think they realize how, just how rude it is and upsetting for someone who genuinely struggles to keep the lights on. Anyway, anything you can share with me to help on that. I love the pub. Thank you so, so much for creating this place for all us weirdos. Well, first off, first time caller, recent binge listener, FTC, RBL, welcome. Welcome. Honestly, I'm having a whale of a time here meeting you all. Uh, but first off, good guidance from me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can tell you're new round here because you'll get none of the sort out of me. But I'll try. I'll give it a go. But bless you, I really appreciate the um, vulnerability and the openness to kind of like reveal parts of yourself which often can leave us feeling shame fueled. And I love the fact that you um, trust us enough to know that we will deal with this carefully and look after you and mind you, you know. And yeah, anyway, it's difficult, isn't it? I've met people who consider themselves poor. And when I look at them, their circumstance, I think, you know, nothing of the sort. And it, um, it riles me up. And I, full disclaimer, I say this, luckily, very lucky, actually, to have enough in the bank that I can go to the supermarket, that I can pay my bills, you know, and that wasn't always the case, you know, that's, that's changed in the last few years. And, you know, I moved out of social housing, what, how old am I? Uh, six years ago. And it's been a struggle and it is a struggle. And I think people who've never lived that life kind of use the word poor or I've got no money or, oh, I'm really poor at the moment, like without any sense of what it means to have fuck all, you know? I quite often approach these conversations because I'm also um, conflict averse, contrary to popular belief, but, you know, I can do it behind a microphone. I can't do it in real life. (laughs) That I can, um, I'd often turn it into a question, you know, so I'd say things like, I guess in this context, I'd say something like, um, well, what does poor mean to you? I- essentially trying to get them to have the thought process, you know? And for some people, there's no, um, there's no teaching. And I think some people don't deserve that energy from you. I think it's if it's somebody that you care about, it is a conversation that perhaps you could have in a way that feels safe for you. But it's, a, it's about then the reveal, right? Because what poverty does to us, it strips us of dignity and any sense of pride that we've tried to build up about ourselves. And it rubs shame within to us. And particularly because in moments like this, we have to reveal something that potentially could feel embarrassing, even though it's not our doing, you know. Hmm. I don't know. I just know that where we're heading feels very scary. And I hope we're able to bond together. It's difficult because in moments like these, I want to offer significant foundation, concrete, sage, like productive help, things, stuff, answers, directions. And and I can't. Oh, I'm so glad you came here. And God, what a beautiful accent on you. And of course you've come via Louise McSherry, who is my absolute favourite human being of all time. Thanks for coming. And I hope you continue to talk to us because you're an asset here. So this is me, sort of a few hours in the future, having forgot to record an outro and getting a slightly flustered message from producer Debbie, who said, listen, you fat slag, you've forgotten to put in an outro. So this is me doing it. I'm in a shop, um, which for legal reasons, I can't tell you the name of it, but if I called it 
meatball shelves shop. I think you know where I was. Um, I'm here because me and the NHS one are celebrating our first year anniversary being together. And um, because we're quite weird people, uh, we've come here for our dinner. Anyway, remember, if you'd like to join in, hopefully the number is still in the description box. Who knows whether or not that's a thing. Let's keep talking about joy, working class softness. I'm loving that. Um, and as I've fucked up, let's do a competition. Actual real life competition. I will generally send somebody a badge. I know I threatened to do that in the past. And I'm saying there's no badges, but I will make somebody a badge. Um, so get in contact and let us know what do you think's in my basket. Uh, in the style of meatball shelves sort of names. All right? Right. I'm going to sign off from me here in the middle of a shop uh, at After the Tone POD. I'm sorry that I fucked up. I promise I won't do it again. The end. Bye. ATT This Week is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis, Digital Producer Capriel. After the Tone is a Debbie production. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.